It's Monday, July the 20th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the EU tarries over a recovery package and the pandemic accelerates. First, the world in brief. The attempt to hammer out a 750 billion euro, 857 billion dollar coronavirus recovery fund for the European Union stretched into a third unscheduled day. A small group of countries led by the Netherlands think the proposed package too generous and wants more aid to be dispersed in loans, not grants. Other EU countries have become exasperated at their stance. A swift reconciliation of views looks unlikely. The global COVID-19 death toll exceeded 600,000. On Saturday, the World Health Organization announced that nearly 260,000 new cases had been recorded worldwide in the previous 24 hours, surpassing previous records. India became the third country to record more than 1 million cases, joining America and Brazil. China's ambassador to Britain, Liu Xiaoming, denied reports about the mistreatment of Uyghur people in Xinjiang, despite aerial footage of what looked like large numbers of blindfolded and shackled Uyghurs being led towards trains. He rejected allegations that the Chinese government has been forcibly sterilising Uyghur women. He said it treats every ethnic group in China as equal. Reports suggest that Britain's Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab is to suspend Britain's extradition treaty with Hong Kong following China's imposition of a new security law in its former crown colony. Australia and Canada, fellow members of the Five Eyes, an Anglophone intelligence partnership, had already suspended similar agreements. America and New Zealand are currently reviewing theirs. Carrie Lam, the chief executive of Hong Kong, warned that the COVID-19 situation in the territory was very severe and that there were no signs of the situation getting under control. Hong Kong declared 108 new cases on Saturday, a new daily record. It had all but eliminated local transmission of the virus by late June, but had seen a spike in the past two weeks. The mayor of Portland, Oregon, demanded the withdrawal of federal officers from the city, accusing them of detaining protesters unconstitutionally. They had been witnessed forcing civilians into unmarked vans, heavily armed and wearing military fatigues. Congressional Democrats have demanded an investigation, Protests in Portland have been happening nightly since the death of George Floyd. And the United Arab Emirates successfully launched a mission to Mars, as its Hope probe blasted off aboard a rocket from a launch pad in Japan. It is the Arab world's first space adventure. The conclusion of Hope's 500 million kilometre journey should coincide with the anniversary of the UAE's formation. After landing, it will collect data on the Red Planet's weather system. And now, here's today's agenda. Fifth time's the charm. America's COVID stimulus. Congress resumes today with the urgent task of hammering out another coronavirus relief bill. Nearly $2.5 trillion has already been allocated in previous packages. However, the virus is still wreaking economic havoc, so more is needed. Democrats propose a $3.4 trillion package, which would send a check of $1,200 to every American, extend generous federal top-ups to unemployment benefits to the end of the year, and subsidise free-falling state and city budgets. Republican ambitions are more modest, though they may still amount to $1 trillion in new spending. So far, stimulus efforts have been comparatively effective, keeping poverty flat despite massive unemployment. Efforts to contain the virus, less so. The federal government has accumulated a $2.7 trillion deficit in nine months, more than 10% of GDP, while caseloads have reached record highs of some 78,000 per day. In treating the symptoms without containing the underlying disease, America has chosen a costly and Sisyphean road. 
Gathering Clouds COVID-19 in India India is on a grim record-breaking run. On Friday, it became the third country after America and Brazil to record over 1 million COVID-19 infections. The following day, it registered nearly 39,000 new cases, a record. Its official death toll is still modest for a nation of nearly 1.4 billion, but that is partly down to undercounting. Rural areas are particularly worrying. People in the boondocks are less likely to be diagnosed and to receive medical care, and millions of jobless workers have returned home to villages from the cities, bringing the virus with them. Several states have reimposed lockdowns. Experts estimate that the outbreak will not peak for several months. Covaxin, a homegrown vaccine, starts its first phase of clinical trials at the All India Institute of Medical Sciences Hospital in Patna this month. It offers some slight hope in otherwise dark times. Covering up. Big retailers embrace masks. Dedicated followers of mask fashion and those who appreciate their ability to stem the spread of COVID-19 have cause for celebration. From today, a number of America's large retailers, including CVS, Coles and Walmart, will require customers to wear masks in their stores, following the lead of chains such as Best Buy and Costco. As cases of COVID-19 continue to surge in America, the Centers for Disease Control reiterated its request that people cover up. But uptake has been uneven. So too has been the government's response. While more than half of states have issued requirements to wear masks, some politicians have fought against them. Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia suspended local rules concerning mask wearing and social distancing this week. He also filed a lawsuit against the city of Atlanta to force it to rescind restrictions. In prioritising business over epidemiology, Mr Kemp claimed to be putting people over pandemic politics. Rather ironically, some businesses prioritising epidemiology have stepped in where government will not. Rounding the first turn. New vaccine data. Data from phase one testing of the eagerly awaited Oxford University COVID-19 vaccine will be published today. A paper in The Lancet, a medical journal, will present evidence as to whether the vaccine generated an immune response and whether volunteers experienced any adverse side effects when it was tested. Most closely scrutinised will be data on the levels of antibodies in T-cells developed, which show whether a vaccine has stimulated an immune response, mimicking that of a natural infection. It is not yet known what levels correspond to a useful degree of protection. That will require further testing. Pfizer and Moderna, two drug firms, have recently published encouraging data on two vaccine candidates. But the Oxford vaccine leads the race. It is undergoing late-stage trials in three countries and scientists may see efficacy data as early as August. This would put it on track for a limited approval by October and broader use by the start of next year. Broken Seal Victoria investigates quarantine breaches Australia had virtually stamped out locally acquired cases of COVID-19 thanks to stay-at-home orders, closed borders and a policy of locking returning travellers in hotels. But now a second wave is rolling up its east coast, caused by violations of the mandatory two-week isolation period in Victoria, its second most populous state. An official inquiry into the breaches begins today. Local papers levelled blame at the private security guards watching over quarantine hotels, reporting that they shunned social distancing rules and that some had sex with those in isolation. Several contracted the virus and then spread it through densely packed suburbs of Melbourne. There are now almost 3,000 active cases in the state. Melbourne has gone back into lockdown and residents have been ordered to wear masks. Clusters are growing across the border in New South Wales, causing Sydney-siders to wonder whether a similar fate awaits them. (laughs) 
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bruce Lee, who died on this day in 1973. Use only that which works, and take it from any place you can find it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.